Is your concept of masculinity keeping you from attracting the women you want? Today, we talk with Scott Barry Kaufman, author, professor, and host of the Psychology Podcast about redefining masculinity and what a woman wants in a man. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Hello. Well, hello. Welcome to episode number 94. 94. The countdown has begun to our 100th episode. <laughs> it is 94 down. <laughs> I know. 94 in. I know. Well, we're going to we're going to have a little party for the 100th episode. Yeah, baby. You're all invited. Yeah. <laughs> Mapping out what we're going to do, but it's going to be fun. It's happening. Um, okay. So a few announcements. Uh, we, our content is now on lovetv.co, which is mm. a great website that talks about all things uh, sex, love, and intimacy. They have, I'm, I've been really impressed with the content that they I'm have been I'm super proud portraying. to be a part of what they're doing. Yes, very much. And uh, which leads us to, we're doing a lot of video content for them. And so we have launched our YouTube channel. Yeah, and we have an uh, In Bed With series where you can see our guests uh, answer kind of personal questions. questions. Yes. And Sweet we ones, funny ones. It's a good time. We're all in bed with them. <laughs> and we have a Your Hot When series, which is uh, a look at your hot when dot dot dot. You do this. Yeah. And it's TNA's TNI. It's hard to say that. TNI. It's you and me. It's our take on, yeah, what what makes you hot. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, advice. Oh, right. Advice at TA Talk Sex. Email us if you have any questions. At the end of the month, we now will be answering um, any questions or issues you guys are having around sex and relationships. Or just conversations you want to start with us. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Advice at TATalkSex.com. And that will be airing the last Wednesday of every month. And um, and so, yeah, to jump into our topic. So I'm super excited to have Scott on. Um, and, you know, this whole conversation got started because... Our culture glamorizes the alpha male, really. But the yeah. question is, what what does that mean, really? <laughs> so Scott wrote an article that reviews a study that showed women videotaped and written scenarios of two men interacting with one another as either dominant or alpha men or non-dominant or beta men. And uh, the women were then polled on their degree of attraction to specific dominant or non-dominant qualities. And uh, the alpha male actually does not end up on top. What? I know. So listen into our conversation with Scott coming up to find out why. So Scott is the scientific director of the Imagination Institute and a researcher in the Positive Psychology Center at the University of Pennsylvania. He's also the co-author of Mating Intelligence Unleashed, The Role of the Mind in Sex, Dating, and Love, and author of Ungifted, Intelligence Redefined. And Scott, you also have a new book coming out called Wired to Create, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Creative Mind. And Thank you. I'm not done yet. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh. you have a podcast. Uh, it's the Psychology Podcast. So everyone check that out where you do your podcast listening. And yes. um, you can find like all of this, everything that you're into at Scott's website. It's scottberrycoffman.com. Not every not enough. Not everything I'm into, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of it. Um, Look, but uh, Kaufman but, uh, with one F, I want to say, because Kaufman, I was trying to, yeah, yes. I always try to put two Fs. I just want to say, I try not to use my mind at all when I'm dating, per your title of your book. You, it was, it was a punchline that isn't working now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. By the way, Wired to Create is out already. Okay. And uh, you can buy it in your local Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Yeah. Amazon these days. It's hard to find a Barnes and Noble, sadly. I, I know, I know. And just briefly, it's about the creative mind and just how we can exercise it more effectively as as individuals. Or what's your what's the sound? Yeah, like? totally. Yeah, it's about how creativity is something that uh, is a way of living. It's a way of responding to your environment, a way of acting in this world. And we talk we talk about um, ten habits that highly creative people have that you can cultivate. Cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm going to go pick that up tomorrow. Um, Great. But you wrote, so we have you on, at least to start off with, we're going to, we're going to jump off with this article that you wrote that like kind of went viral. And, uh, and it was yeah. basically about alpha maleness. Yeah. And uh, the article is called, it's the myth of the alpha male, which was on, uh, um, sorry, was it on? Sorry. Hold on. Where where did Hold where on. is it published? Hold on. Where was I? It was uh, so it's published the art of the art, manliness. The art of manliness. Oh, yeah. like, 
All right. This is interesting because I feel like we actually will get a lot of questions about, you know, what is it that a man wants in a woman? Uh, sorry. What is it that a woman wants in a man? Or how do I get a woman interested in me? How do I, you know, I definitely just in my dating life, I have had guys say, oh, but you like bad boys, don't you? Like that kind of thing. And, I'm, and I remember thinking, no, I like to be treated well, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so all of that comes up in this article. And I think that there is like in our culture, a real fracturing of like expectation. It, it, I think that we do tend to make things very binary in our culture. And you talk about all of that in this article about the alpha male versus the beta male and kind of this expectation that we're either one or the other. Yeah. And yeah. And like, and for me, because I, I talk a lot about like how I really, uh, I, I like um, domination or dominance or alpha male. I've used that vocabulary and I usually define it, but, um, but anyway, so I, I feel like it is definitely worth having a show about a further explanation of clearing what this all is clearing that up a little so bit. So why did, so what about you? Like, so, so why did you <laughs> write the article? Write the art, what, what prompted you? Well, um, I've been talking to, uh, Brett who runs the art of manliness for a while. And um, I'm really, uh, really respect his work, and I really like how that site um, is not. Uh, you you find on online kind of articles aimed for guys tend to be one extreme or the other. You tend to find they're either geared towards the um, the, the guy who like really hates women, <laughs> like there's like a like a manosphere out there, whatever it's yeah. called, where like the article. You I read those articles and I want to like take a shower or something afterwards, and mm. you know not not a good way, right? Because it's like oh, it's so disgusting, like mm. the way they view women. Um, no wonder they never get laid. Um, and then <laughs> there's there's another um, um, end of the continuum. I I read what I'm equally dissatisfied with, where I feel like um, they say things just like bend over backwards in extreme ways that just don't ring true to me. It's almost like they're saying things just because they want to get laid by saying nice things about women, um, but are not being really authentic. And so I really, authenticity is really important to me. And I, I find this site particularly, and so I've had a dream of writing for the art of manliness because I find their site really authentic. I didn't mean to turn this into a big plug for the art of manliness website. No, 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 website, it's great. No, it's great. But, yeah. But um, yeah, I like um, I think there's a dearth of websites out there um, geared towards men who want um, to become all the richness of what a man is capable of becoming, not some sort of one extreme or the other. If that makes sense. Sure. Sure. Beautiful. Well said. So he gave me a shot. He said, you know, I'd really like you to write for the site sometime. He was, he was actually a fan of my work um, as, as well as I was a fan of his work. So he's like, you know, so I came up with that idea and he said, yeah, write it. And so um, I did. So I was commissioned to write that article. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's, but I, I don't know, should we jump off with your, I, the defin, I, even the definition of alpha male versus beta male, because as I was reading the article and going through, I'm like, wow, really when you bullet down these list of characteristics or traits for an alpha male or a beta male um like it really is i think a lot in the vocabulary yeah it is and i don't um like either the uh the alpha or male distinction because you know that distinction was set up based on observations in other animals like wolves right but in humans are much more complex than that and um, I talk instead about a distinction between dominance and prestige, and I'm not sold on that terminology either. But the idea there is that there is a, um, you know, the, the, the prestige, the guy, the kind of guy that um, that women, uh, most women really like, is a mix of these stereotypical alpha and beta traits, and and a lack of the aggressiveness that you see in in um, in the alpha and other species. Um, but even when you really look closely at these animals and other species, they're aggressive in a way that they're protecting, um, you know, or it's through competition or they're trying to protect their loved ones. Um, very rarely is the alpha male in other species the one that, like, is aggressive towards the partner, you know? So um, there's an important distinction between aggressiveness and assertiveness, and, and I really wanted to nail that distinction in that article. Do you, I, I have to say, while reading it, I thought about, uh, it almost feels like there's a, projection away from the self like if they go oh well I'm not winning these girls because they want an alpha male or or even the opposite like I'm 
well, I don't know. I mean, the alpha male sort of like gets angry. Like you talk about kind of the narcissism of that behavior and sort of saying, oh, well, she doesn't want me because she's crazy or, you know, and, and, and it seems like it's either way. It's like a lack of self-reflection in how to kind of be the best version of yourself. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, good point. Um, there's this idea of projection and you're, you're like talking psychology language here. You're like, this is like got very Freudian all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, I think we, we talk a lot like that. We talk a lot about our choices in sexuality and how it has to do with projection. <laughs> <laughs> Could you unra- unpack for me a little bit more how you see that as a, so I, I would have, sure. I would have said that, that it's, you know, sort of like a, um, it's kind of like a narrative that the guy has told himself of why the woman doesn't like them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I I think that, but then they kind of push it outside of themselves and say, okay, I'm having this problem because I'm, because they all want this other thing, but it, there's no actual justification for that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's more about them developing themselves and kind of becoming a fuller best version of themselves. And through that process, you attract a mate. Yeah, and you and you attract a mate that is is uh, right for you, and I think that what gets lost in a lot of these discussions is these terms like male and female use such abstract, broad brushes. When at the end of the day, you know, my my best advice would be to cultivate um, who you are, and you will attract the kind of person you'll want to attract. Um, and 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 don't get so hung up on being attractive to females in general, or you know, if you're, you know, or males in general. Um, so there is this kind of, there's the importance of individual differences. And I think that's a lesson that it just takes so long to um, learn. And I wish, I wish I had learned that when I was in my early twenties is that, you know, like if a girl rejects me, it doesn't mean I'm unattractive to women, to women, you know, it, I'm, I might be unattractive. I might not, well, there's a million reasons why that woman in that moment might not have been attracted to me, but, um, but it's not, it doesn't, you know, to generalize that is a really, um, is a really unhelpful way of thinking about the situation. Yeah. I like, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I like that. The, the detail of who you're attracted to exactly. It's, it's not a blanket thing when someone's not into you and it's sort of seeking out specific people that are your type of person that you want to engage with rather than just, uh, it's not working. Like why aren't people into me? <laughs> That's exactly right. Now there is, um, a, a time though, where you should realize if it, it might be the case that people aren't into you too, that is possible. <laughs> and you might want to take responsibility for that too. I mean, if, if you're getting like enough people like cringing when you talk to them, um, that, that is, uh, information that is good information for personal growth. But again, it doesn't mean you're a horrible person, right? It doesn't mean like you're a loser, you know, it just, but there, it, all this is information. Um, now, if you're not like the kind of um, uh, person that you really like, if you're not, if 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 you're consistently not attracting that kind of, that person, then then that is something you might want to um, to think about. Can I just say Why? I think this is a really relevant uh, article and topic right now because, um, and we had Scott, you we had all talked a little bit about feminism earlier, but I feel like there is, it, we're, we are in this um, sort of cultural climate of like feminism being. It's on the swing back, I suppose. I don't, whatever. We're, it's a, there's just all this talk about feminism and women's power and all this stuff. And I feel like it, um, it, there's a danger of, what do I want to say? Not dwarfing, but sort of warping or misunderstanding the male place, I guess, within relationships and dynamics and in culture in general. And I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like there's, there, it, it almost creates extremes yes, like, oh, I need right. to be submissive because I don't want her to feel like I'm uh, like like Too they miss domineering you. like, okay, yeah. like women are, you know, they're powerful. And, you know, I want to support women. But does that mean that I become submissive now or can I still be male alpha dominant? Right. Or? And then the extreme of like I need to dominate so she knows I'm in control or that I don't not have control. And right. It's, so do you mean assertiveness or dominance? Well, exactly. No, I was exactly. going to say I think people use the word assertive and they are and they Yes. They misin they you, they misinterpreted as dominant. And this was my point is that I wanted to get to a, like can we identify and discern some of these um some qualities. of these qualities? Yeah, because I do think that people use dominance as for the same as assertiveness or aggression. Right. So maybe we can so. break down the dominance versus the prestige that you talked about in that you talked about in the article. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, the the prestigious uh man 
is the is one who's really cultivated their own unique potentialities, their skill sets, their talents. Um, they're helping. They're pro social, so they're helping the environment. They're helping the world. Their their talents are helping the world. And they have social. What they they've done is they've gained their social status through well earned. Um, you know, hard work and development of who they are and what their what is what their potential is, and that is immensely attractive. You know, that is immensely attractive. There, there is um, fascinating research showing that it's the interaction of assertiveness and and altruism that is the is the sexiest common. I mean, if you throw in a third variable there, which is physical attractiveness, then you've got like <laughs> it's over, game over. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but if but if you don't have any physical attractiveness at all, you can you know, still the, win. <laughs> Not only can you still win, but I would argue um, instead of um, going to the um, uh, the plastic surgeon, um, I would work. I would spend that money to get resources to work on yourself, you know, and there that that, that would pay greater um, dividends in, in the long term for you. So you know, so the two the interact and assertiveness as well is you know, you're assertive when you by use that term I mean it's because you are um, an authentic human being. You are you tell you tell people exactly what you want. Um, you don't demand – aggression is demanding, but right. assertiveness is, is expressing. So there's a big difference there between expression and um, demanding or feeling entitled um, to things. But, um, but the, assertive, the assertive person – and I want to say person because I know that this could apply equally to males sure. or females. You know, the assertive um, person is, is someone that um, does not – you know, is who they are and they, they know who they are really well and – when they're and they're, when they're, there's very rarely a time or a person they're talking to where they're not who they are and you yeah and you do see this sort of like um, quote nice guy they're, it's a fake nice guy they're they're like they're 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 poser nice guys who aren't really nice guys they feel um, entitled to things because they they do all the stereotypical things they think women want them to do you know like hold doors open or say please and thank you and and bend over backwards for them and they say well why the heck didn't i get sex from that girl you know what a bitch and it's like uh you're kind of missing the point of life there <laughs> you know it's like uh like you, you no one's like entitled to like sleep with you because you like said thank you i mean it's not like every everyone in my daily life who says thank you to me i'm like oh my god i want to sleep with that person i <laughs> 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 um, uh, we're actually going to take a mini little oh, break yeah, okay. and then we're going to come right back and talk more about alpha versus beta and how to kind of calibrate yourself so you find sexual partners and romantic partners the way that you want. Uh, we'll be right back. We're talking to Scott Barry Kaufman and this is TNA Talk Sex. Hey guys, we're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. And we're talking with Scott Barry <laughs> Kaufman. Uh, we can find, uh, you can find all of his information at his website, scottbarrykaufman.com. Kaufman with one F. And you can also check out his podcast. I have uh, a question. Yeah, I have yeah, a yeah, question. Who, how do, why are you T and why are you A? How was that decided? Well, she's a more buxom and I have uh, more oh. of a booty. But yeah. I mean, gotcha. we, we both gotcha. have both and gotcha. we're both beautiful, but... <laughs> Gotcha. You know, I think you're beautiful. She Thank thinks you. I'm I think beautiful. I think no, beautiful. Uh, so, so yeah, no, that so it's T and A. Yeah, it's gotcha. Yeah, you could just edit out that I asked that question. No, no, no. We like it. Uh, We're keeping yeah. it. I because people ask always, and they're like, which one's T, which one's A? And I'm like, well, I feel like you if could you do saw a, us in person. You could figure a it out. body scan. You know, is it, there are photos on our website. <laughs> yeah, I got little lemons. She's got grapefruits. Yeah. So but I got, you have yeah, the you icon. I got a big peach. Go on. Yes. So, so you two are a lot of fun, and um. And I can tell you don't take life that seriously. And um, so I have a question because like not not all women, not all, you know, there's there are some people, there's another train of thought that would say like if you, you know, like any guy that like looks at me, like if they look at, at, at my breasts or whatever, like they're objectifying me and they should be crucified. Um, you know, there's like gradations. It sounds like you two are very comfortable in your sexuality, first of all. And I think that plays a role in this. It's like you're not 
like you're comfortable in who you are and like if someone's like flirting with you or hitting on you it's like you know you and you're not interested in that person you're still comfortable in your sexuality you can still be like oh thanks but no thanks you know like (laughs) goodbye yeah Yeah. totally no you you raise a good point which is just that i think it's all this whole conversation falls into that camp of like finding an ease and comfort with who you are um and just and when that with that comes uh comes assertiveness actually I wanted to sort of share when you're using that word it's like a confidence in who you are a confidence in knowledge a confidence in whatever your interests are yes and I think also not being dogmatic because and this comes up in your article too Scott like where like if you have like I think a lot of women can hold steadfast to some belief of if a guy says anything remotely sexual or to me about humiliated about my body then they're disrespecting me and it's like this this belief there's no shades of gray it's just black or white and I feel like I do feel like that may come from an insecurity around sexuality but Uh, there is an insecurity can I say I feel like I actually came from that background a little more like I feel like I did have this idea of okay I was told porn is bad I was told that a guy needs to treat you a certain way like all these these things Good question. I don't know. I went to Catholic school. I, I don't know. My father and Did didn't. Yeah. For a few <laughs> dun, dun, years. Dun. And then I went to a Jewish school and <laughs> been all over the map. What uh, are you? Are, uh, you are, are you Catholic and Jewish? I'm uh, I'm not. I'm I probably am. Like, I think in my history, my family's got some Jewish stuff going on. But then my mother, you know, they're Spanish Catholic. Uh, maybe during the Civil War, they changed from being Jewish. I, you know, it's sort of all mixed together. But I personally um, am more... Uh, not a practicing specific faith but okay yeah you know just oh, interested cool. in self-development and growth and and community so you had a lot of sh- you grew up with like a lot of shame i mean we're, he's totally we're, psychoanalyzing like... yeah. <laughs> no, this is i fun. mean did you i mean did did you grow did did you feel shame when you started to act on some of your impulses i think i i, I felt a lot of embarrassment yeah and yeah fear of judgment i think and then i was like wait this is totally normal everyone's into this oh it 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 is totally normal i i don't uh, yeah especially from like a male perspective i think males as well are um in this day and age kind of um their i think their sexuality is repressed uh i i just flat out believe that and i think it gets channeled in really unhealthy ways and you know, I, it's such a side, side, side project because my main focus is on uh, in education and, you know, like creativity. And I want to, like, help people's lives in, along those lines, like kids with learning disabilities and stuff. But, you know, it's always a side interest of mine. I wonder someday it'd be valuable in writing more about this for, you know, just just like, you know, shy, geeky guys. Um, um, just this culture that I feel like their sexuality is being is being repressed and kind of like. Um, and it does get channeled. It gets channeled in like pickup, you know, these pickup artist communities and so it goes underground. And, you know, I think that like it's not necessary for male sexuality to go underground. I think it's actually dangerous when it goes underground. Wait, I'm not quite sure what that means going underground. What do you mean? So so there's kind of like a school of thought in like um, uh, some of these pickup artist uh, world. And I shadowed some of them for an article I I wrote a couple of years ago. And these guys are being taught to like whatever you do, like you know, like be so indirect and covert about your sexual interest in a girl, you know, like you know, it was all about manipulation to me, like kind right, of like, right. like the like, game, like, like a yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you're interested in a girl, like go up to them and act like you don't like care at all. Be like, yo, or disrespect them or like, I think yeah, there's, this has been yeah. in movies. Yeah, absolutely. The nag and stuff. And I think is that, does that make sense of what I say underground? Yes. It's like, you're, 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 you're like, God, gosh forbid that you're actually like, um, Hey, I think you're pretty attractive. You know, like, oh my God, that would be a horrible thing to like just express actually how you feel in a in a sincere, uh, respectful way for these guys. Yeah, we're moving further away from like clear communication and honest uh, feelings, and the more clear you are, often, yeah. I, think I don't know. I mean, I don't know what is the cause of that. Again, like, I wonder if part of that is a fear of like, you know, the. Um, the empowered woman who thinks that that's disrespectful somehow i don't know um think rejection so. probably fear of rejection is a big fear part of for the rejection. guys yeah i, I think don't know it if it's like also with... like gaming and the anti-social thing i do feel like that has definitely come into play or just like even being in la um i do feel like we just don't talk to each other anymore period what like attractive people to attractive there's just and i don't know if that's just a lack of social awareness on everyone's part or it's just a numbing of like 
Mm. Yeah, like I think everyone's become a li- not not Christina, not T, because she's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm from New Orleans. She's so like, I don't get that. People <laughs> say hi to everyone. Like, I'll start chatting with you at the cash register. Yeah, so I think I've you- always liked how friendly you are, Christina. I always respect that about you. Thank you, thank you. Well, we had a very warm, funny, warm, warm, warm. Can I can I share how we met? Yeah, of course. Quickly. Uh, I was visiting a friend at at university. You were in school at Yale, and uh, and I was visiting a friend, and we walked into a bar, and basically, I don't. It was just like good timing. Like I think that we sort of locked eyes. Like I literally opened the door to the bar, and you smiled, and I went hello. Like where you know, I said something like, oh, it's been so long, and we hugged. Yeah, and then this incredible. actually became our friendship. And we just stayed in touch over the years. It was incredible. You know, this is the. By the way, this is the benefit of being warm and open and um i don't want guys to um to not be that way because they're scared of women you know can i say something too i i had a well did you finish a thought yeah no that no that's i just wanted to say that i had a recent conversation with someone who i think was interested in me and felt uh i was not interested sexually but but i'm open and warm and there was this feeling of like but i'm drawn to you and i said I really appreciate it, but I, I think that we can value the connection that we do have. I'm just saying as a man, do you feel like, you know, I feel like there's this immediate, like almost again, this binary black and white, like if we don't have a sexual relationship, I've been rejected by you and we can't, oh. we can't be connected anymore. And I'm, go- you know, I'm going, well, there's, there's a I huge I do feel like that area. does exist for guys. It's like, it's like you're okay. So guy, I, fe- I do feel like I get that from guys. Okay. So we're either going to be lovers or, or I'm never going to see you again. You know what I mean? And so there's this pressure, which then creates a pressure to like be in this sexual right. dynamic with. The, so I do. And that's something that I don't I don't like that. <laughs> that's a really good point. And I can actually see that completely from a female point of view that. Um, yeah, no, that that's a really good point. I mean, that you can fe- feel uh, like pressure that like it could be your friendliness could be interpreted in the wrong way or something like that. And so I totally get that. Well, and I, I want to share this because I feel like on, on the flip side, I think there's an assumption that like only guys are dealing with rejection, but it's like, you know, I have a couple of stories where, you know, there's a guy that I really was excited about and then I feel like, you know, didn't go the way I wanted. Uh, and he, you know, yeah, he's not interested. And, um, and now we have a friendship, you know, we're good friends and I'm like grateful for it. And I think he's awesome. So that's, there's an interesting double, not double standard, but like sex difference there. It feels like, like like men are just, like men sexual and sexual partners seems to be more tied up with their ego uh, and their yeah. their sense of value for who they are it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like women um and the number of sexual partners they have is tied up so much with with their sense of value in life so there seems to be a huge sex difference there and i wonder what's what's causing that I guess my point of saying that I've been on the other side of it too is, is like, no, I think there was a lot of pain for me and there was a lot of like, oh, I'm embarrassed and I, you know, oh God, like, how is he going to treat me? You know, is he going to judge me now because I was rejected? And, uh, and then I, and then I was just like, all right, just be cool. And then he was cool. And then we were able to be friends, you know? It's such a good point. Yeah. And, and as, as an open friendly guy, I I mean, this happens again in these, these hairy situations too, sometimes where someone thinks maybe I was flirting with them when I actually wasn't, you know, like I just like, like, like everyone I meet, like even if you're an 80 year old grandmother, I'm like, give me a hug, you know, like, so (laughs) it's like, yeah, I think, you know, that that's one of the um, and then but I don't want to become that person, you know, like the who like gets so jaded with, you know, that like I don't that I don't that I change who I am, you know, but I, I absolutely agree. These these are really tricky situations. And I do. Can I just make an maybe you can help the men out there by saying something wise. Yeah. <laughs> but like I feel like for my experience, like, uh, I mean, it's great that you're warm and sparkly and, and keep that like don't don't yeah even if it's misleading keep it whatever but like I do feel like I just went out a couple weeks ago with a girlfriend for the first time in a while and uh and like at a bar you're like in bar culture right 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 in bar culture and I was appalled at how like well no that's not true I guess it's been like a a thing the past couple years since I've been in LA but um but seeing how uh I do feel like men do tend to recently lack a certain degree of assertiveness like they like there's they're scared to come up and approach you and this is LA where you're supposed to have the most 
you know mm, it's a big city right like, like yeah. you've got like really confident dudes and whatever and it's like yeah but i feel like I, I you either get super douches who are actually incredibly insecure like this one guy yes. was like he was like we were talking and he's like so you haven't complimented me all night i'm like do you do you need a compliment like i mean this is just <laughs> like we're just talking you know and it's like oh, that sounds like yeah, red fucking up. flag right there i'm like do you need a compliment and he's like well do you like my hair and he happened to have really amazing hair mm. but he knew it you know and i'm like to so be, you need me to say that you have amazing hair like are you that insecure right now having heard that story a it actually reminded me of the article scott which is the, which is the al like to me that was actually very alpha like this uh, like almost overly yeah but it's like overly like pushing for something no no i wouldn't call that guy out I, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> well first of all i don't like the alpha is more like hey girl i bought you a drink you leave him with me now well, <laughs> i was well, out once a guy tried to get me to put my hand on his cock to show me that he was like of a good size oh my god oh that's interesting that's alpha right <laughs> no it's not you know that to me that is insecure yeah. oh um okay but i feel like a lot of these alpha traits to me as i was reading them in the article to me i was just reading the subtext of insecure 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 what were can we read do you have some of them you have the article don't you sorry i'm scott i feel like you i'm i'm, I'm, I'm totally gonna say speak google google my article but uh <laughs> <No> we <haven't. laughs> well i mean the whole point is i want to reconceptualize any sort of dichotomy like alpha beta um there you know there, there's, there's, there's like a kind of guy that um, is mixes matches multiple of these kinds of traits, and I think that that's what is most attractive. So they're just, there's, they're, they're sensitive to in the sense that they're sensitive to like social cues in the moment. So they're really adaptable. So it's that adaptability or flexibility to me that is um, really crucial here, not, not just being the type of person that just comes up and is like, me, you, go home now, you know, or like. <laughs> You know, like, like that's such a unidimensional well, way guess, of existing. I guess yeah. I felt like the the cock size thing was kind of like that. It was. What like, did you think about that situation? What was it like for me? I felt really intimidated and like embarrassed, and I was like holding my arm back, and he was like holding my hand. I'm actually more embarrassed because the ending of the story is that he and I did date for a while. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, what? what? But I'm... not because I touched it. I did not touch it. Sorry, Wait, I mean, we're getting so really what did loud. You find it, so tell me, what did you find attractive about this guy? <laughs> I don't... I, like, I actually... Yeah, exactly. Repulsed. I was... <sighs> what did what, I was it his, um, his, like, daringness? Was it the size of his penis? No, because I didn't... I actually resisted, and I was like, oh, uh, what are you doing? I'm, that makes me really uncomfortable. Perhaps there was charisma elsewhere? There was. I feel like... Why what... Why did you date this guy? No, no. Okay. What happened is, so there was like an A, there's like a, it, there was like a stepping stone process. It wasn't like I was convinced by that. It was like, we were with the same group of friends. And I remember thinking, but it wasn't like close friends. It was like a friend invited me out and then they were with their circle of friends. So he started talking to me. I think I was kind of, I was younger. I was a lot younger. And I think I was kind of flattered by his attention. A. But then we went to, we all went to like a bar and I actually had more like talk time with him. Like he actually talked. So he actually talked to me like a human being and we communicated and then there I made, yes. And then I made fun of him. And then there was like a back and forth about it, about That's that incident. It and it That's like, it yes. And then it like calmed down. And then I think about even our, when it did turn sexual, I remember even him, like whenever he did sort of get aggressive, I would almost like clam up. And then I think he read that and he was like, okay, cool. Like you let me know when you're ready. And that was, yeah. yeah and that was the switch. So I think he was very adaptable. So yeah, he was. And for whatever reason he thought I'm going to come out of the gates, you know, don't come out of the gates like that. I'm going to come out of the gates blazing hard. What do you think of my hair? <laughs> Put your when hand I on say, my cock. Yeah. I don't know about that. When I, when I say, when I say assertive, you know, I, I'm saying like, I'm referring to like, if you're, if you're seeing someone um, across the room or somewhere and you think they're cute, you know, like put this in perspective. You're like, you don't know anything about this person. You don't know if you will continue to be attracted to them or whatever. So I'm not saying you want to just go straight over to a complete stranger and be like, I saw you across the room. I found you attractive. Let's have sex. You know, like, but, but I, what I'm saying is to, is to not be, um, 
afraid to broadcast that there was something about that person you found interesting, you know, and being and still being, you know, an authentic, uh, respectful self that it clearly signals as well that, hey, I'd like to you've piqued my interest. I'd like to find out more about you. I'm not saying to say that you've piqued mm. my interest, but but I've yeah. been signaling, signaling you piqued my interest and being confident that like that, like there's nothing wrong that you were attracted to someone. That's a normal human thing. You know, um, that, that's what I mean for the for, for guys to do. Um, but I'm not saying, you know, being assert, so assertive in the sense where it's like um, because you, you really don't know. I mean, you don't know if you're going to like this person, you know, so um, why do why be so aggressive? right? Like you yeah. might not like them. Yeah, you're, totally you think you're drawn ways. to them and then you start talking and you're like, oh, you're not what I thought at all. <laughs> Absolutely. And. Uh, I just told him not be right at all. The, the relationship or the, the, or the connection okay, or wait. whatever. We're taking yeah. one more little break. Little Yay. Break. <laughs> We're taking a little break. We're going to be right back. We're talking to TNA. This is TNA Talk Sex. We're talking with Scott Barry Kaufman about an article on alpha males versus beta and how we can find the middle of the road. We'll be right back. Hey guys, you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Uh, write us your advice questions. Sorry, if you have questions, uh, write us at advice at tatalksex.com for our advice show at the end of the month. Thank you. I feel like my stumbling didn't inspire confidence at all, but I promise uh, we, we will answer with uh, advice with lots of confidence. <laughs> I just made it worse. <laughs> anyway, we did, the last show we did was at the end of April. It was totally fun and, and awesome. And uh, so, yeah, yes, answering people's will. questions. Um, so, Scott... Uh, we're back with Scott Barry Kaufman. I have a question. Hey. hey. Uh, I have a question about you. I feel like you're a, you self-identify as at some point in your life being the beta male. And what? Didn't you? <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, 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 wait. You had mentioned Whoa. like, well, I guess it's just, you know, fighting for like the, what did you, what? like the geeky sort of guy. You, yeah. You felt like the underdog. Hold on. I don't think that being a geeky guy makes you beta. Oh, okay. I think that's, sorry. That's a big misconception. That's a I huge misconception. No, I agree. I didn't mean to call you beta. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like you threaten my ego at all, but it's, um, I'm be trying to add, I'm trying to be beta. more nuanced about, okay. you know, the whole alpha beta distinction totally in general. I would never, uh, I, I don't like labeling first of all, but, I agree. um, yeah. So, but I think that, um, you know, I did talk about um, kind of being the advocate for the shy, geeky guy. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. that's what we're a better about. way of saying okay. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I wondered if, yeah. in your sort of researching um, these different studies of, you know, alpha versus beta, and kind of what the different traits are that a woman finds attractive. Um, you know, and the most extreme words were, you know, dominant versus submissive, right? Um, but then, kind of the middle of the road were things like hold on here I, I jotted them down the were things like agreeable and energetic kind empathic non-dogmatic um easygoing confident right yes so yeah i know it's like it's actually like relaxing to hear those words like when well wait so before i lose my question i was going to ask you uh do you feel like your research brought you more middle of the road or do you feel like you learned anything through oh. that or how to kind of like have you landed a ton more women because of all of your research with <laughs> well i think it's not even about in, i'm teasing i'm you teasing. know quality versus quantity exactly you're asking very good questions you're asking very good <laughs> questions <laughs> um i think i don't know how much the research has honestly helped me personally in my life um didn't really need much help no I'm joking um but uh uh we don't doubt i I find I found the research. I went through a phase ten years ago, right when I first met Christina. Yeah. Um, I, I was in the middle of a phase, I think, um, where I didn't. I totally didn't understand, um, you know, mating, as they call it in psychology, mating behavior. I didn't understand like men and women and and us all that. And I wanted. I thought maybe if I intellectually understood it, I would like. It'd be like very satisfying. And I'll be totally honest. I did not find 
um, learning about evolutionary psychology, um, because that's where most of the research on meeting behavior came from was evolutionary psychology. I didn't find it particularly um, useful um, for me personally at all, in, in, um, and even in, in getting like um, my meeting my meeting goals, as they say. I'm, I'm trying to be very technical here. Um, <laughs> what 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 I found it was most um, helpful. Um, wasn't the evolutionary psychology literature or the kind of literature these pickup artists really like to like to read? I found it useful to look beyond the um, this the the research specific on you know how to get laid or how to attract women, the, but and look at the research on how to like personal growth, like the personal growth literature, like how to be a better person, like how to like um, be more confident in who you are and be more assertive. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say here today is that um, learning a set of skills. Um, to be more confident because I do think that I you know growing up and we don't need to go into my whole story as a child and everything but I was I was in special education as a little kid for an auditory hearing problem and I think I developed very low self-esteem and I think the greatest thing for me wasn't to learn how to talk to women but it was learn how to uh, talk to humans (laughs) right you know, yeah. more generally one and almost having greater value for yourself and through that is yeah Oh, I think a, a, a desire to connect more. I mean, I think that's a lot of it. Like when I read the article that you wrote, the pleasure in it is community and connection. And with that comes relationships and sex and sex and sexual relationships because it's it organically grows out of being aligned with yourself. Um, I mean, I actually think, Scott, that all of your work with creativity speaks a lot to uh, yes. our interest in sexuality and how, yes. you know, the more creative and free and open you are, the more people you connect with. And in fact, the better your sex will be, um, the more inventive. And Well, not only the people you connect with, but you connect more with yourself. And so you can connect more. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I study, um, no, I completely agree. I study a trait called openness to experience that I, it's a personality trait that I found is the best predictor of creativity. But I also found, and I published a paper showing the openness to experience predicts preference for more sexual acts. So there you had to do with that what you will. Wait, which, which a certain genetic... What did you say? No, that well, quality. Well, that, that it's openness a personality to trait, openness to experience. I mean, you would oh. expect you'd expect that finding, but um, you know, it's uh, it's correlated. I have a published paper you can download on my website showing um, what personality traits predicts preferences for what sexual acts and openness to experience predicts like everything, pretty much. Well, but this is an interesting point. Do some people can they learn that, or is it like, or should you not oh, learn it, it because it's not who you are? Becoming I feel open like it's, to experiences. Yeah, because I feel like it's glamorized, right? Our culture is like be more sexual, drive towards more, you know, like, po- you know, pop culture is always like very sexualized. I mean, monodimensional maybe, but, you know, maybe some people don't need to be the adventurous sex that's true. person. No, that's a good point. Um, they don't need to be that way, but those who have that trait tend to be that way. And, and I bring this up because you were just talking about how open you are, you know, yeah. or, so, right, you were just talking about how you know this is this is who you are, and um, and you and um, I mean I don't want to ask you personal questions like whether or not you find that the more open you are, the more it correlates with um, with enjoyment of sex. But I think it's a very interesting point you made, you know, because yeah. it would be to, if that is true, then it, wouldn't it be to people's benefit, even if it's not who they naturally are, to develop and cultivate a more open-minded approach to increase their sex life? I mean, it sounds like something that we would want to tell people, even though. If, you know, even if it's not who they are normally. Well, what comes to mind for me is not even, even if you like open yourself up, I suppose, and, um, and have all these different sexual experiences and, and it's, what was I saying? It's not about like, oh, quantity. No, no. (laughs) Even if you open yourself up, you know, (laughs) yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) no, that if you have, I totally lost my, okay. Can I say something? I feel like I've lately been grappling a lot with looking at, um, I mean, I am, I am looking very closely at why I choose one partner over another. Like I meet, uh, lovely people who will express sexual interest in me and I go, well, you know, they're really open and present and I'm sure they could be a good lover. They could be generous in that way. And something in me says, no. Yeah, but just because they're just that doesn't mean that they're right for you, you know? Yeah, and and is it worth your time or your energy? Like, maybe that's what it is. And by, by that, I mean, where you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Where do you allocate it? And you go, well, I'm going to wait for that really strong connection or that real 
love match to do this yeah, activity that, with. That, that's really so much to what we were talking about earlier about like, you know, a lot of these so-called nice guys, they think just because they're nice, then that's all they have to do for there to be. And then they get upset when there isn't a, the, the person isn't sexually attracted to them. So, but have you noticed some pattern? I mean, do you want to do a psychoanalysis here? Sure. Like, have you noticed, well, do you have a all, type now? Yeah. yeah. First, I want to say just what, what you hit on is right. Like someone, I think just as much as you're inviting this person on the date and opening the door and doing all those nice things, but it's, it's also an interview, an interview for you as well in the sense of like, you want to know if you like this person the the woman as well like you're on a date with her to find out if you like her not just okay I want to try and have sex with her and now she's not yeah. interested because I and, and I'm now I'm angry because I did all these things for her it's like you don't yeah it's kind of like you don't know if you like her yet either I always I feel like going yeah. on a going on a like getting a drink the first time is like a nice getting to know each other before you're like hey let me go sit with you for dinner for three hours but uh well what's your type oh yeah my type um more that's no it's it's more nebulous i think sometimes what i'm interested okay. in i i i would say that personally i noticed that i in my past i've been attracted to ambitious men that actually kind of worries me sometimes because i feel like they can be uh well, narcissistic yeah yeah that's that's the risk right they're not always yeah. but yeah um and and i think sometimes that's because i'm ambitious i right i have an it, it's a reflection on me and so the what i'm discovering is my wants tend to reflect who i'm attracted to um yeah. and uh i remembered my thing yes please my thing was that what i w was getting at is that open the value of openness is not getting to a point where you can just you know be this wild sexual person and have all these crazy experiences and that makes you cool the value of openness is that the if the opposite is not being open and not being open is being held in a rigid more i feel perhaps more dag dogmatic place where you don't have an opportunity to get, to get to know yourself and so the more by being more open then you know what you like you know what you don't like that makes you a more confident person it makes you more centered yeah. and it makes you able to be in a sexual situation with more confidence and more, more power so that to me is the value of openness you nailed it you nailed that it. was yeah. my thought yeah, yeah, yeah. it was worth it it was worth it <laughs> bravo, it was worth bravo. it you, can we return to something you said earlier though Please. Like, you, you did totally nail that by the way um a big part of openness is self-exploration as well as exploring the world so they're both even linked. if you end up only doing the missionary position for the rest of your life at least yeah. now you know with utter confidence how you like right it, it can't hurt no, to absolutely. try that thing absolutely then... but i do want to return to something earlier you said at the beginning that you like dominant men yes um can you what is what do you explain to me what that means well here's the thing because because are you talking about an s m sort of way uh well no well here okay uh, is this getting too personal is this no, getting no, too personal no this are is what I, we talk about this on our show <laughs> no oh. this is why this... i feel like if i'm ever going to ask that question it's going to be on this show no okay. ask it so this is why i was really interested in this article and stuff because i have to say like i haven't had the vocabulary it's like like when i say to people oh i d i like dominant men like and then they're like I feel like I get this judgment of like, oh, she likes being controlled. She doesn't, she doesn't know her own mind. She doesn't like, she likes, you know, someone like dominating her and domineering her and like, yeah, you know, telling, and it's like, telling well, her what to do. no, it's not. And, and this is what I'm always saying on the show. Like domination is not about um, having this like aggressive jock asshole dude come in and like take over my autonomy. So what does it mean to you? Exactly what you were saying in the article, which, t well, okay, I'll say this to me, dominant, do a dominant personality is, um, is someone who like ever in addition to everything that was said in the article, which is assertiveness, confidence, well, so the kindness, the type. prestige sort of the, yes, the prestige model to me, there's also this element of self mastery and it's control. It's self-control, not in a way. And it's not control over me. Um, but here's what happens. If I see that a man is um, self-masterful and he's able to uh, Which control. Is cultivating him, himself. Cultivating himself. Yeah, he's able to control his emotions. I'm thinking about the man in the boardroom who doesn't get all flustered. If he gets an, a phone call and he's all upset, he doesn't like slam down the phone and like, Fuck, you know, like Cry. it's not that guy, right? Like this is a guy who's like <laughs> composed. He's, yeah. he's like, okay. Handles and he like business. handles these situations and he works well under pressure. And this is women too. I find this attractive. This is attractive for me in any sex, both sex, any sex, I guess there's yeah. many. But um, so yeah, so to me it boils down to 
like uh, yes there's an element of control but it's self-control and when I feel like when I when I see a man who's like this the way it translates to me for being in a relationship with him or being in the bedroom with him is that I feel like he has control over his own self enough to be able to listen to me to hear me to um to totally perceive and interpret my signals versus the man who doesn't have control over himself who has no control over his sexual urges or his emotions or his excitement over being with me it's like he he, that's all he's gonna see and so he won't be able to um if, if we're just talking sexually even he won't be able to um, pick up on what I want, what I need, what where need? I'm at, or you know what I mean? So I think that's why oh, yeah. I'm looking for that trait. Yeah, yeah, that's so consistent with the research. Yeah. 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 No, that was, yeah, I like that description of, uh, but I, to me that is the mastery of oneself is like a life journey. I mean, I think about, you know, as a oh, child, yeah. I had a lot of tantrums and my father was infinitely patient. I go, my God, I don't even have the patience for people like that now, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You go, my I God, know. I have a t- problem child like this, you know, <laughs> freaking yeah. out. But, but, you know, since yeah. then I would say I do not have tantrums. It's, you know, been a long time. Now there'll be an occasional flare up and then I go, well, what's so off balance in my life that I'm flaring up like this. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I wonder if you come in in contact with this, Scott, a lot of, you know, uh, what do I want to say? I I have more understanding about my nervous system and kind Mm -hmm. of an awareness of when I become overwhelmed and how that can create a lack of control or mastery over myself. And I don't think people think of it in terms of that. I think they're like, I don't know what's happening to me. I'm just overwhelmed. And it's and it's like, well, yeah, you're burnt out physically, like you're maxed out. This is a great distinction that we're that you uh, that we all just came to together because you um, you're you're not referring to a you like a dominant man. You know, like there is the difference between someone who has a lot of mastery and control over themselves versus find the need to control others. And that maps on very nicely to this, you know, hubristic pride versus authentic pride or hubristic self-esteem versus authentic self-esteem so you know, we're all talking the same language we're all you know talking we're all saying the same thing here and um so that's why thank you so much for clarifying that for me because that's exactly what i wanted to get at you know by hearing you talk about it but it's exactly what i'm talking about right yeah absolutely and, yeah and uh, and yeah so yeah i haven't had the like i mean i do i i guess i do tend in snm i do um definitely D- oh, enjoy in terms submission. of like SNM, yeah. Like I do dabble in that. He's like, look at his face. He's like, he's like, oh my god. Well, we've done shows where we talk. So if anyone's like, what's what are they talking about? You can this listen is to normal. The, the Don't shows. worry, Scott. Uh, <laughs> so less in terms of BDSM. When I did acro yoga. Okay, I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It's very like New Yorky LA thing. Oh, what is but that? What it's, is that? it's like acrobatics tied to yoga positions. So you have a partner and you'll, so the person say they almost do like the Superman when they lay on their back and their legs are up and then the person balances on them like a, so like, like when two, you're a little it's like kid. Partner yoga. Yeah, partner but like yoga, but with acrobatics. Like you're, right. yeah, like they'll put you, mount you on the shoulders or there. So you're so someone, one of the, one of the partners is suspended in the air. At, at largely or they're being flipped in some way or you know and usually slowly but it requires a lot of muscle strength on both ends and trust and I had a friend and we we would do it together and it was a female friend but she did not like to ever be up in the air it mm-hmm. gave her tremendous fear she couldn't handle giving up the control exactly to the the other partner yeah. to right. trust the other partner is going to support them totally. whereas I was like we <laughs> yeah, and T, I think this, this totally ties into, for me, the experience of, like, what I mean by a dominant man, like, um, and I, I'll probably have to use a different term now, but, um, <laughs> challenging but, like, our vocabulary, but the, you know, when yeah, I, you need to refine your scientific concept. Well, no, but I, yes, but I'm, but I'm, like, just, when, I'm so nerdy. I can't help it. <laughs> but in relating to the regular world, it's like, anyway, there's, there's this element of, um, of yes trust like when i'm talking about like my dominant guy in my mind who is self-masterful and like has control over his own domain i feel like that's when i can trust this person because i feel like if i have a guy who is just who can be who's who can be ruled by his own emotions does that make sense like then i feel like well how am i going to be able to give up control and totally trust my own well-being into this man's hands so yeah. there is, yeah, I do feel like I can surrender and submit more to someone who's self-masterful. And I feel like with guys who are, this is why I tend to date older men, because they tend to have this trait. 
I I get well, very well, I, and she gets iffy about this, but whatever. Older, it, I've dated young men who had all these qualities. That's fine. T, listen, yeah, don't be We're ageist. Talk- I'm not I'm, being ageist. I'm just saying, in my experience, uh-huh. in my Stephanie A's <laughs> experience with the men that I meet yeah. and come into my world, yeah, it tends to happen. How, where, how old? How old? Uh, I was dating a guy recently who was 59. Okay, my so boyfriend talk- before was like 52, and that's then uh, before that it was 40. Are you in your 30s? I am. 33 yeah i wouldn't have known you could have been in your 20s thank i can't you but even I, when i, but, I can only see half your face anyway but, but my yeah. my <laughs> first cru- my first crush when i was five was my friend's father i literally felt like i was a grown woman and like i anyway that's a totally yeah, different I, thing I, I definitely like from an early age like you know men in positions of authority right uh authority maybe is it authority I just felt like they had this degree of um, of like this like quiet this quiet self masterful thing. I don't know. It was a confidence. Huh. I mean, well, let me anyway, say this. my I think, point is, I think yeah. that example of the the crushing on the friend's dad or whatever. Like, I feel like youth is you know like you'll find you know I'll, I crushed on my older male cousin. You know what I mean? Like, like I think attraction. It's like you're learning what attraction is at a young sure. age. So I, sure. I feel like it can be dicey to start like projecting it at. You know what I mean? Saying, okay, it's definitely yeah. this. Um, For sure. I, what I find interesting is the younger men that I've dated who have a self-mastery where I kind of almost feel jealous. Like, they seem to have been raised right because they, <laughs> <laughs> they calibrated faster than I did. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we actually, we're going to take a mini little break and we're going to come right back. Okay. okay. We're talking with Scott Barry Kaufman about all kinds of fascinating alpha, beta, male dynamics and how we can just be cultivated people in the center. Um, you can find it at scottbarrykaufman.com. That's Kaufman with one F. Uh, yeah. Greetings, everyone. You're back with TNA Talk Sex and our wonderful guest, Scott Barry Kaufman. Uh, one more uh, reminder, if you have any questions about um, sex, you need advice, sex or you relationships questions that you want us to answer, email us at advice at TATalkSex.com. Exactly. And we'll um, we'll be doing get them in soon because we're, we're I don't know when we're recording. But anyway, the show will air at the end of uh, end of the month. Yeah. So Scott, we where did we leave hey. off? We were, we were talking, talking about, about older men and gender dynamics. Oh, yeah. So I how, think do, how does a guy get laid? Isn't that really the heart of it? <laughs> I think that um, there are a lot of things that um, that are very normal, and you see them crop up over and over again in terms of these uh, male-female power dynamics and things, you know, nature and you know, and interest, in, and it can go back and forth, you know, with like women really interested in. With, in, in men who are in positions of authority or um, in, and men also interested in women who are. So I want to make over a quick. I don't think that is an indication of psychopathology whatsoever. <laughs> this is, oh, <laughs> um, is crazy. <laughs> no, oh, about your attraction to well, older men. No, not at all. I think it's um, what I, I like about both of you is, I mean, you do, you kind of like own yourself. And I think by by doing that, you do empower lots of other people to realize just how normal lots of and widespread lots of these um, these desires are. So I, I, I give absolute kudos to both of you for that. Thank, Thank you. you. I think that's an interesting point just about, you know, I, again, I think we were, we were touching on it. These sort of it's all tied together. I mean, the fear that people have of expressing themselves or really defining what it is that they want and like and uh, and who they want to be. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I almost digress. Right as I'm saying it, I just thought about this is maybe a minor thing, but I I don't know. I'm going to crack open a new thought. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. A new thought. Well, cause, can I say something <laughs> about yeah, like it. physical attractiveness, this idea? I feel like people can get hung up on that and sometimes they'll be like, oh, this person's not into me because of whatever. Like they get upset about it. Um, like like f- externally physically. Yeah, like. an external thing. Um, and I feel like maybe in our culture, like weight is a big thing. I don't know all across the board. I, I don't know. Maybe Scott, do you? It's such a delicate subject, but I feel like. Yeah, I've had I've, I have had incidents where um, I'm not always with someone who's super athletic, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I've been across. <laughs> I have a wide range of all types of people. Uh, but I I find that I think what we're talking about is calibrating like who you want to be and maybe like the 
type of people like Scott, you touched on it to the type of people that maybe you're attracted to that maybe are they attracted back to you and why is that and why aren't they? And is that information? And I think this just aligns with like lifestyle. And I guess I, something that's come up for me is sometimes I go, well, I feel bad that maybe I'm not as attracted to someone. Right. And then I look at some of the variables and I go, it's not that the person's maybe just overweight, right? That comes up. It's like, well, they smoke and they don't eat the it's same the habits that I eat. Yeah, I think it's like, it's for me, I go, well, it's lifestyle. Like I get up at 6 a.m. to work out, but that person's hanging out at a bar smoking at night, but like I can't even be up that late. So it because, indicates values. Right, yes, maybe. thank you. Yeah, so I'm going, well, I can't even be up that late. Like I have to be up at 5.30 a.m. to go to that workout. Well, that makes morning. complete, that makes complete sense and it doesn't, it doesn't make you shallow. Or well, but I, I, thank you. Yeah. I think no, I'm I think... articulating that to kind of open that discussion of like, I think people can almost in a very, bi- again, binary way say, oh, I was rejected because I'm not X, Y, Z. Like I'm not, you know, fit enough or I'm not. And part it's of me goes, great... if you want to be that, then be that. It's a great point. I mean, the, the research does show that people match very high values are, are one of the highest things people match on. Yeah. I mean, do you guys think, I think I had this revelation and the question is, can it be healthy or not? But sometimes, like I said, I'll be attracted to someone where I realize they have qualities that I want. And then oh, I yeah. go, yeah. yeah. And then I go, okay, how do I start cultivating that in me rather than beating on the door going, why won't you be with me? <laughs> and also, I'm not sure. I, I question whether it's healthy. When I think about it for me in my past, like, Scott, you had mentioned the authority figure thing. There was uh-huh. a time in my life when I was, when I was no matter who, the, it, like I was attracted to an authority figure. And it was almost like, it, it was very clear to me. It's like that it was like, okay, this person's my teacher and in a, in a topic that I really am passionate about or something. And so I projected that, you know, but what to me, what it ended up being, I felt was a need to be my own authority um, and find that authority within myself. Mm. Um, does that make sense? It does. And I also think that, I mean, I, I didn't tie it directly when you were talking about it earlier. And um, I apologize if no, I came no. out the wrong way. Um, but, uh, you know, what you're talking about, I, I think illustrates exactly like this point I was trying to make an article about the prestigious male. It's so like you may have been attracted to these kinds of guys because, it, as I would argue in my article, those kinds of guys are attractive. Like that is <laughs> I was I mean, on this, it. <laughs> this was like my whole you were just like early at being able to like <laughs> spot out who would be the attractive males or not even before puberty um <laughs> you know a lot of other girls had to had to wait till puberty to or or some girl women you know takes many years to figure it out but i think that this i mean we can just kind of close this interview where we started and that's that i want to be very clear that um when we really look at the kinds of um guys that are very very attractive it's not that stereotypical alpha male it is the socially valued um self-mastering um com- kind compassionate human being which is a blend of all of these things and i i think from a very young age you were attracted to exactly what i described in my article as the prestigious male and i can so. i just point out too that um that uh qualities like being sensitive and um empathic and whatnot i feel like those can really get uh ignored ig- not ignored but even like um d- not uh blah blah like negative like like a guy's judged for being sensitive or too sensitive or he doesn't want to be perceived as sensitive. And oh, that's a whole. Do you know other, what I mean? Uh, like, oh, absolutely. Culturally, that's big, there's this big pet peeve of mine. Well, look, you know, I wish I could talk to you guys five more days because the sensitive thing is, you know, there's a trait called the highly sensitive person. Right, and yeah. I don't think that that men who are score high and highly, highly sensitive person get nearly as uh, like it's viewed as like a negative sort of trait as opposed to what it is, which is um, deeper processing, feels things deeply. These these traits could be immensely sexy, right? Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah. which by the way, I think with an acknowledgement of it and a and a sense of self awareness can go a long way. I actually I'm familiar with highly sensitive person, and acting coach of mine gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, I was like, "Excuse me," <laughs> uh, and then I read it, and it was eye opening. And I encourage a lot of people to read it. And it's so interesting, Scott, yeah. to hear you talk about it from the male perspective, because I, of course, that that didn't come up for me. But you're right. I mean, the challenges a man experiences for being sensitive and, and how he's punished for it. Um, when in actuality, yes, that's, that's what women are finding attractive right, as well as sure, when how it sure can be a strength if he knows how to manage it. Right. Absolutely. You know, sensitive doesn't mean subordinate or or, um, or uh, weak. 
you know, like that, 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 so it's so great. We, you know, gave me this opportunity to tease apart lots of these different things. I hope it's, it's useful for people. You know, we distinguish weak for sensitive, um, dominant versus assertive, and you start to get a better sense of what is actually attractive and what isn't attractive. So thanks for this opportunity today. Yeah, You're welcome. Thank you. Can I, I was going to make a note, Scott, you were excited about my, my game of Thrones analogy and then we'll wrap yeah. up. <laughs> I, uh, I was, I saw it on your paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While we were reading, uh, the, your article about the, you know, kind of the alpha beta binary issue in our culture, um, for men, I thought of Dothraki basically and in game of Thrones and how I, he kind of became this like sex symbol in America, right? Like we're like, Oh my God, right. the actor who played him, it was amazing. Totally. But basically you, you're introduced to him as this alpha male that essentially there's like a marriage rape scene with, the, you know, with the actress and you're like, Oh, um, scary. But what ends yeah. up happening is that she learns how to communicate with him in an emotional way and she like draws him out. And I think that over the course of the season, sensitive yeah. and kind, but yet still assertive and right. He ends up learning how to be more of a prestige. Exactly. Did it become more attractive? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's why like all and of America were all like love Dothraki because he because and because he was able to transform, I think. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh-huh. it just shows that he Well yeah. and I wanted to point that out because I think that someone awesome. who just glances yeah. at it could see the misconception of going, Dothraki's an alpha male and everyone wants you know, wants to hit that. Like, look, see girls like bad guys and you're like, No, no, we didn't like the marriage rape scene. <laughs> no, it that, but that, that was exactly. that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he he evolved into this amazing human being. <laughs> what did what did you say? What did you say? Eh? I oh. said no. Post post. Uh, oh, the rape post scene. rape scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that you're really nailed it. And uh, I mean, this you get it. You know, you. I mean, well, you're women. You know, like of course you get it. This, we know what we, we like. <laughs> you know, we have all these really nerdy guys trying to like do the science of all the. You know, blah, blah, blah. but I mean, you get it, right? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, so. hopefully we've clarified some something for you our have. listeners. So now we're going to have You're... lots of um, American men, well, internet men all over the world watching yeah. Game of Thrones emulating Dothraki. I know. I'm like, as I say, I'm like, I haven't studied it that closely. <laughs> but no, yeah. just wanted to say yeah. the no, development. Yeah. No, it's good. Is, yeah. yeah. That's great. So, Scott, thank you for being with us. You can find um, Scott's work and, and um, your book, everything, at scottberrykaufman.com. Yes, right. be Kaufman sure to check out one his. F. Kaufman with one F. Be sure to check out uh, his podcast as well. It's the Psychology Podcast. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget to write us if you to get in on the advice show. It's advice at tatalksex.com. And and we have our YouTube channel. We do an embed with series, uh, hilarious videos where we talk with our guests. We do a few different series um, yeah. that will be on there as well. Yeah. And uh, check that out. Subscribe. It's brand new. So yeah, subscribing. Yeah, we will have help lots us. of other interviews. Unfortunately, Scott won't be with us because he's in Philadelphia. He's on Skype. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. 